Welcome to an exciting episode of the Intercom podcast. I'm once again joined by Fergal, our Director of Machine Learning, and he's going to tell us about the launch of something that we've been asked for pretty much every day since ChatGPT launched. Yeah, thanks, Des. So yeah, ever since uh, ChatGPT came out, people were like, hey, can I use that to answer my support questions for my business? And uh, we were always like, oh, we don't know. We're not sure about the hallucinations. But, uh, but yeah, today I, I think uh, we're really excited to announce this product because uh, we think we've done it. We think we've built something that it's like, yeah, this will actually be uh, you know, a, a bot that you can use for your business that has the sort of the, the natural language processing capability of ChatGPT, but will answer like questions specifically about your business. And we've built it using your, your, your help center, won't answer questions from randomly around the internet or anything. You can control it, you can control what it says and managed to get the accuracy rate up a lot through using OpenAI's new GPT-4 model, and which you have access to in beta. So the idea is like what people have experienced and kind of fallen in love with in ChatGPT, which is effectively this bot that you can ask anything to and it gives a good stab at answering. You can do that for your business? Yes, so we've deliberately made it so you can't ask it anything. Okay. But it's like, the idea is to build something that has the the same sort of conversational understanding yeah. that we've kind of seen with ChatGPT, yeah. but that specifically only answers questions about your business. You can come along, you can ask it something wild about like, yeah. who was the 22nd president of America? And it'll be like, hey, I'm only yeah. here to answer customer yeah. support questions about this specific business. Cool. So, so it actually knows what it should, should and shouldn't attempt to effectively. Yeah, exactly. That's the idea. Yeah. I feel like seven or eight weeks ago you said we weren't doing this because it wasn't going to be easy or wasn't possible or something like that. Six or seven weeks ago when we started looking at this technology, um, initially when we looked at it first we were like, wow, can we build this? Can we build ChatGPT for your business? That was like top of everyone's minds. Every customer was asking us about it. We were kind of looking at it and we were going, gosh, like this hallucinates a lot. This will you know, give you inaccurate results while the inaccurate results totally made up things. And we were like, we're, it's a very exciting technology, but we're not sure if we can actually like constrain it and kind of stop it hallucinating enough. And we spent a lot of time playing with like GPT, ChatGPT, GPT 3.5. We could just never get it to, to sort of to, to know when it doesn't know something. But recently we've got access to a new beta from OpenAI of their new GPT-4 model. And you know, one of the things they told us was like, hey, this is designed to hallucinate a lot less than some of the other models we've seen in the past. And so you know, we were like, wow, that sounds very interesting. That sounds very exciting. GPT-4, what's it gonna do? And we kind of, we spun up an effort to kind of, to look at this and to sort of like put this through some of our, our, our test beds to kind of check and examine for hallucinations. And when we kind of started playing with it, we were like, wow, this seems a lot better. It, it can still hallucinate sometimes, but it hallucinates like a lot less, maybe like 10 times less. And so uh, we were extremely excited. We were like, wow, okay, this suddenly feels like this is good enough to, to build a bot with. This is, this is a, a generation ahead of the, the GPT 3.5 stuff we're using and is a lot further along in terms of how trustworthy it is. What does like the test look like? Is there other torture tests that we put these bots through to see exactly what, you know, do they know when they're bullshitting basically? So we're not that far along. So for um, our previous generation of models for like resolution bot, we had this like really, really well developed set of like battle tested, you know, test benchmarks that we built over years. All this new technology is months old. So we're not quite as principled with, as that. 
but we have identified a bunch of edge cases and we've got this like spreadsheet we, we kind of we, we, we keep track of like specific types of failure modes that we're seeing with these new models and so when GPT-4 came along we we're like okay let's try this out let's try what happens when you ask it a question that like isn't contained in an article or a knowledge base at all or you ask it a question that like is similar but not entirely the same as what's actually there and you know with, with sort of like GPT 3.5 and with chat GPT if it doesn't know something it's sort of it's almost like it really wants to to please you it really wants to like to give you what you want and so uh, it, it just makes something up and uh, with GPT 4 they obviously have done a bunch of work on like you know reducing that and that's just really obvious to us and so when we put it kind of through our tests it's possible to get it to say I don't know or to express uncertainty a lot more and if, if the bot doesn't know can it like hand over to a human absolutely um you know intercom we believe that the future support is like a mix of like bots and humans and um, we've a lot of experience with resolution bot of making like a nice handover from the bot to the to kind of the, the human support rep hopefully uh you know, hopefully getting that support rep ahead in the conversation. And uh, we, we think we still need to do that with this bot. There will be issues where it's just, you know, someone's like, it's always going to be the case. Someone's asking for a refund. Maybe you want a human to approve that. So there's always going to have to be a human approval path. And um, Intercom, we've got a really good platform around like workflows and you're going to be able to use that to control when the bot hands over and how it hands over. We're going to make sure that this new bot uh, integrates with our existing platform just the same way that our, our existing bots do. And I presume the bot like, will have disambiguated or qualified the query in some way, perhaps summarized it even as it hands it over. Yeah, I mean, that, that, so, so we don't have any summarization feature in there at the moment, but um, the bot absolutely will attempt to sort of like disambiguate and draw out the customer response. And, you know, our existing resolution bot does a little bit of that. This new bot, because it's so much better at natural language processing, can just do that more effectively. And so maybe that means that the handling time goes down for your actual rep for the questions that the bot has touched. Listeners to our Intercom and Product podcast would know I'm often uh, fond of saying that having a capability, even a novel capability that's useful, isn't enough to have a great product. How have you wrapped a product around this? Or what were your goals? What, what are the design goals for building an actual product around this GPT-4 capability? So, so we realized pretty early on that you know, there was really a set of design goals that we were, we were trying to head towards. First and foremost, we, we wanted to capture the, the, sort of the, the, the natural language understanding that people sort of saw and were very impressed with, with uh, ChatGPT. We wanted to like, take it, you know, get, get a generation above what was, what was there before. So that if you ask like, a pretty complicated question, or if you ask one question, then you ask a follow-on question, that it sort of you know, understands that the second question is to be interpreted in light of the one before. Our, our previous bot, didn't do that and most bots out there they just, they just don't do that because you know that's just that was just too hard or you know conversations are are very tricky environments for machine learning algorithms there's a lot of subtlety and interplay in, in sort of a support conversation but this new tech seems to do great at that and so that was our first goal is to, to really capture that so is an example of that like you might ask a question you say oh you know do you have an Android app well what about iPhone like to, to parse well what about iPhone makes no sense unless you've previously parsed it, well, do you have an Android app, as an example? So exactly. it's that sort of like gluing things together to understand the conversational continuity and context or whatever. Exactly, and with that, it just, it just flows more naturally. And we specifically noticed this with our new bot when, you know, you ask it a question and you kind of like, you get an answer and it's like, it's not exactly what you asked. Mm -hmm. You can just be like, oh, 
But no, I, I really meant to ask about like yeah. pricing for that. And then it kind of, it understands that and then, like, it'll go and like give you the more relevant answer to that. We just think that that's kind of, we feel that's a real breakthrough technology. Can it push back on you and say, say more? Can I ask you follow on questions to qualify your, your question? So if you come with something vague like, hey, does this thing work? Will, will it try and solve that or will it be like, yo, I need more than that? So natively, the algorithms will do a certain amount of that. But actually, we, so with this sort of technology, we get this like very advanced capability. And then actually what we're trying to do is we're trying to constrain it a lot. We're trying to actually say, okay, you can do all this out of the box, but we need more control. Like you alluded to earlier, to build a good product experience, it's like we've got loads of flexibility and loads of power. Now what we need is the ability to limit it and to control it. And so we actually, we have built experiences like that. We've built a disambiguation experience where, you know, if you ask a question and there isn't enough information, we have it try and clarify that, but we control that. We've sort of like engineered prompts where we have like special purpose applications of the technology to do each task in the conversations. You know, one prompt to kind of like get you to ask a question, another one to disambiguate a question, another one to check to see if an answer fully answered you. And so like, you know, we start off with this very powerful language model, but then we really just want to use it as a building block. We want to control it. We achieve that control by, by kind of breaking it up into like special purpose modules that, that do each thing separately. So as a foundational level, we're saying it can converse naturally. Um, the biggest advantage of that, to my mind, as a product is that like, you'll be comfortable putting it as the first line of, of like, uh, solution in front of your customers. I was gonna say defense, but it's not like a military operation. But you, you're comfortable putting it like, out there as like, hey, most conversations go here. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that it can have a back and forth, can maintain context, can disambiguate, means it's well equipped to do that. What else uh, did you add in? Like, well, you know, so it's, it's not just sitting there to chat, like what else does it do? I guess the first thing I would say is um, certainly like different businesses are probably going to have different levels of comfort in terms of how they deploy this. Some people are probably going to say, well, I've got a really great help center and this bot that we've built, it draws all its information from your help center. So I'm going to come back to that. So some people might say, look, I have a really good help center. It's very well curated. I've, I've put a lot of articles in there over time. And what I want to do is I want to have the bot just like dialogue and answer all those questions probably is going to be like other customers where they're like, I want the bot to kind of come in more opportunistically and, uh, and, and kind of bow out. And, you know, we're working on building like settings to enable people to like control their level of comfort. Some with sort that. of threshold for when the bot should jump in basically. Exactly. And, you know, at the moment we have a pretty big uh, workflows capability that you can use and we're integrating the bot with all our existing workflows to, to help you get that control about like, when you want it to come in and more importantly when you want it to like leave so you can hand over to your existing support team when it's sort of right. it's reached its end so you can do things like if there's no support agents online or if the user is free just send them straight to the bot if it's a vip customer and agents are sitting idle send them straight to the agent exactly so, so so again what we're trying to do here is take this new technology and then like integrate it with our existing platform that sort of like has all those features that people need to really sort of to build, a, you know, I guess industrial standard um, bot deployment. Nice. So we've talked about um, reducing hallucinations. We've talked about how it was a design goal of ours to, to kind of have the bot converse naturally. But we really wanted to give our customers control over the sort of questions it could answer. Now, these bots, these, this, this new AI technology, you get access to like a large language model. And it's been trained on like 
the entire text of the internet. So in there, it has all that knowledge. And one way, kind of the simplest way to deploy this is to be like, hey, I'm just gonna have the bot answer questions using all its information about the internet. But the problem with that is that if it doesn't know something, it can make it up. Or if it does know something, maybe you don't want it talking to your customers about a potentially sensitive topic that you know, it has information about and you're like, I'm not sure how my business or my brand feels about you know, whatever information it got off some weird website. I don't want to having that conversation with my, with my customer. So we've done a lot of work to kind of, to use the large language model, to use it to like be conversational, to use it to understand a help center article you have, but to constrain it to only giving information that's in an actual help center article that you control and that you can update and you can change and you can edit. And so that was a major design goal for us is to, to kind of try and make this bot trustworthy, to try and take the, the large language models, but build a bot that's constrained to using them to just answer questions about your business, about your business's help center. And that, that was a lot of work. Um, we are very proud of that. We think that we've got something that's really good because you get that sort of like conversational piece. You get the, the bot's intelligence, the AI model's intelligence to sort of like get an actual answer from a help center article, but it's constrained. It's not gonna go and start having random conversations with end users. Um, you know, th these bots, these models, it's always possible if you jailbreak them to kind of trick them into saying something that's, that's off brand or that you wouldn't want. And that, that's probably still possible, but we really feel we got to the point where that would require like kind of a determined hacking attempt to, yeah. to really make that work. It's not just going to go radically off script in, in normal conversations. And, you know, I, I think one thing that is very important to clarify is these large language models, they're, they're probabilistic. Like, you know, the hallucinations have decreased a lot and we think it's now acceptable for many businesses but it's not zero they will occasionally give irrelevant information they'll occasionally give incorrect information where they read your help center article they didn't fully understand it and so they answer a question wrong um possibly a support agent will make mistakes too as well humans have been known to humans occasionally have been known to make mistakes too and so like these bots it's a new era of technology it's, it's got a different trade-off than what we had before um, and so, you know, possibly some customers of ours will be like, oh, I, I want to wait. I don't want to deploy this mm -hmm. just yet. Um, but we think this will cross the threshold where it's like, hey, the benefit of like, you know, I don't need to do the curation. I don't need to do the setup that I've had to do in the past with resolution, but I can just turn this on on like day one. And then suddenly like all the knowledge that's in my help center, the bot has it, the bot can try and answer questions with it. It won't get it perfect, but it'll be fast. We, kind of, we think that that's going to be a worthwhile trade-off for a lot of businesses. In terms of setup, if you're a customer with a good knowledge base, how long does it take you to go from that to a good bot? How much training is involved? How much configuration? Very little time at all. Very little, like basically no training. You can just take the, the new kind of system we've built and you can point it at your existing help center. It's a little bit of processing time where we kind of have to like pull it in and scrape it and like get the articles ready for serving. Like um, minutes, seconds? At the moment, we're sort of in minutes, but we think maybe by the time this video airs, maybe it'll be down a lot lower than that. And so, uh, yeah, there's no hard engineering bottleneck to making that very, very low. And so very excited about that. So in summary, give us the, like, the bullet points of this product. How, how, what should we tell the market about it? The first thing I would say is that, hey, it'll talk with you in a natural way, like you've seen with like ChatGPT. The second thing is that like you as a business, you can control what it says, you can limit 
the things that we'll talk about to the contents of your knowledge base. The third thing I would say is, you know, hallucinations are like way down from when they were um, really reduced. And the fourth thing I would say is like, look, this is really easy to set up. You just take this, you point it at your existing knowledge base. Uh, you don't need to do a whole bunch of curation, anything like that. Awesome. Okay, because we're Intercom, we're not really likely to like chat shit and engage in a load of hype without at least some qualifications. What areas are we still working to improve? The first thing I would say is that like the, the accuracy piece is not perfect. This is, this is a new type of technology. It's a new type of software engineering trade-off. So, you know, with ResolutionBot, ResolutionBot would sometimes come and give an irrelevant answer, but you could always kind of look at it and go like, oh, I see what it's talking about. That's not quite relevant. This is a little bit different. This will sometimes give irrelevant answers, but it may also sometimes give incorrect answers. It may have just misunderstood the information in your knowledge base. And so a specific example of this is sometimes like if you have a list of times something can happen and some user asks it, it, kind of, it might assume that list is exhaustive. It might assume that that list was like all the times and then it will be like, oh no, it wasn't in the, the list in the article. So I'm going to say the answer is no, it can't happen. This thing cannot happen this other time. Can I, an example there might be like, you might have a knowledge base article that says, examples of when we will not refund your payment, and you might list out two or three examples. And in this world, the language model would be like, ah, there's three, there's three conditions under which this happens, and it would like kind of, like, you can see why it's, why it's making the mistake, but it would, it would like not get the, uh, that the, like these are just dem demonstrative examples, these are not the exhaustive list, is that what, what you mean? It, it, exactly, exactly. It, it's general knowledge and it's general understanding is still a little bit limited here. Mm -hmm. And so it can look at like lists of things and just make assumptions that are like generally in the neighborhood of okay, but sometimes yeah. not quite right. Yeah. And so most of the time when, when we see it kind of make an error, the error seems like fairly reasonable, but still wrong. But you need to be okay with that. That's a limitation. You need to be okay with the idea that sometimes it might give things that are, are slightly wrong. And, and is it quantifiable? My guess is it's not because it'll be different per question, per knowledge base, per customer, per acceptability. Yeah. But, so when someone says, hey, how good is the bot? How do you best answer that? So the best thing to do is to, to go and play with a demo of it on your own help center. And we're building this experience where you can take your existing help center and very quickly get access to a demo of the bot, yeah. you know, pre-purchase to just uh, just kind of like play with it yourself and understand kind of how well this works for your specific help center. And you'd suggest like re replay the last 20 conversations you had or your most common support queries like, oh, yeah. oh, how does any individual make an informed decision there? Like, because obviously I'm sure it'll do the whole, hello, are you a bot? Yes, I am. And we think that uh, just interacting with it, you can pretty quickly get an idea of sort of the, the level of accuracy. Yeah, yeah if you ask your, your sort of your top 20 questions or yeah. you know, the type of questions people ask you day in, day out, yeah. and you sort of, you probe around those, you ask for clarification, yeah. you get a pretty good sense of where is this good and where the breaking points yeah. are. And you know, for us, again, this is, this is a, it's an amazing new product, we're really excited about it, mm -hmm. but it's still generation one. We're gonna you know, improve yeah. all the sort of machine learning pieces, yeah will sort of improve all those measurement pieces over yeah. time as well. So, and then yeah. um, with Resolution Bot 1, our previous bot, like you would train it. So you would say, hey, that's the wrong answer. Here's what I want you to say, et cetera. You're not doing that this time around. So if you detect it giving an imprecise answer or it could do better, 
What's the best thing to do? Do you write a better article? Do you look at its source? Yeah, so I think, I think it's still early days here and we probably will build features to allow you to have more fine control over it. But like right now, the answer to that question is, hey, can you make your knowledge base article clearer? And actually developing this bot, we have seen that there's a lot of ambiguous knowledge base articles out there in the world where, you know, just little bits of it, like it could be a little bit clearer. What, else, what other areas do you think will evolve over the coming months? There's a lot of work to do on our end to sort of, you know, we've got version one at the moment to like improve it. We want to get it live with customers, we want to get actual like feedback based on usage. And there's always any machine learning product I've ever worked on. There's always a ton of iteration and a ton of improvement to go over time. Also, we want to uh, improve the level of integration with um, our, our existing resolution bot. So our existing resolution bot requires that sort of like curation. But if you do it, that curation, it, it's excellent. And it can do things like take actions. You can wire it up uh, with your API. So you're like, you know, it realizes someone's asking about resetting a password and will actually go and like trigger that password reset. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important for us that this kind of next generation bot, uh, you know, is able to do all those things as well. So initially it'll be like, hey, answer informational questions from your knowledge base. Zero setup, day one, get it live, it's great. But like eventually, we've seen this in every piece of research we've done, to get to the next level after that, people are gonna want the ability to sort of use that technology and capability we already have to kind of like actually take actions to resolve queries. And then the last piece um, that I'm extremely excited about is, is this idea that we can take this new AI technology and use it to actually generate dramatically more sort of support content than you know, we've been able to in the past. So one vision we spoke about maybe only two months ago, I guess, was the idea that the support team would be answering questions that are like, I, I think at the time I said, like, they'd be answering the questions for the first time and the last time. So if a question makes its way through, it's because we haven't seen it before. Yeah. And once we have seen it, we don't see it again. Uh, how is that like, you know, can you see that happening? I think for the first time, yeah. I can see a path to that. Yeah. When we shipped Resolution Bot 1.0, this feature we request we were always getting was, hey, can I have my support rep in the inbox? Can I have them answer a question and then just put that question in the bot? And we were like, oh, it just anytime we tried to do that, it didn't work because putting a question and curating a question to be good enough to design an intent was just, was just a lot of work. And you know, across the industry, there's, there's a lot of different sort of support bots. I haven't ever seen anyone who's managed to nail this and make that really work. But now, with the sort of advanced large language models, we think we can see a path to that, where maybe we can have a curation experience that is simple enough that a support rep in an inbox can just finish answering a conversation and be like, yes, I, I approve this answer to, to go into the bot. There has to be some human approval because, mm -hmm. you know, it can't be that we ask the bot, like Fergal can't come along and say to the bot, hey, what's Des's credit card number? And yeah, the bot yeah. would be like, well, I know the answer to that yeah. because you know, it was in this other conversation Des was in. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't, we, we, that's unacceptable. There has to be some, some approval step between you know, private conversations and durable support knowledge. But we think we see a path to a much better approval process there than we've ever had before. And potentially a world where it's like, you know, maybe not every issue, but the, the number of, it, like way more issues where it's like answer this issue only once. Yeah, we think there's something cool coming there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's an exciting release. Uh, is it available to everyone? 
So this is in private beta at the moment. In fact, it's just heading towards private beta at the moment yeah. with the new release of, of GPT-4 from OpenAI. Exciting. Well, yeah. I'll check in a few weeks and see how it got on. Yeah, exciting times. <laughs>